Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading today is recorded for us in the prophet Isaiah, the 40th chapter. We're at a breaking point in Isaiah. This is sort of the the third part of Isaiah. Uh, Lots of messages of comfort and hope, even as it begins with the encouragement to comfort God's people. And in these words that we're going to hear today, we have, as I mentioned, paying double for all our sins. But we also have this great and wonderful promise that's the basis of the sermon, that the word of the Lord endures forever. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not, and say to the cities of Judah, Behold, your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from the second letter of Peter, the third chapter. Advent, we focus not only on the anticipation of the coming of Christ, but also his second coming. And that's what this text focuses on. And you'll notice here, Peter indicates that it is the word of the Lord that will stand forever because the rest of creation will be consumed. We're looking forward to the final promise of God, an eternal home of righteousness. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord... One day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be 
in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand as we join in the Alleluia and verse at the bottom of page 156. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Our lectionary series, we have three series, A, B, and C. The Gospels are sort of the focus, Matthew, and we're in series B, so Mark. One of the things that we listen for in Mark is sort of the urgency of the text. He starts out with a bang, and he doesn't stop until he gets to the resurrection. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Well, good morning. I take it uh, everyone survived the uh, brief winter we've had here this weekend? Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful weekend anyways to join always together in worship and giving glory to our God. And what a wonderful time of the year it is to remind you that our King is coming. So grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forever. You know, forever is a strange concept. Nothing ever truly lasts forever. On average, the human lifespan now, according to recent statistics, is now down to 76.4 years uh, from the 78 that it was before the pandemic. The mighty redwoods of California well, can live well over 2,000 years. But that's not forever. The bowhead whale found in the waters of the Arctic have been found to live well over 200 years. The Great Pyramids of Giza, built 3200 B.C., well over 5,000 years ago, 
being eroded away by the wind and the sand of the desert. Even the concrete formed by the Romans found throughout, the, throughout their empire in all their buildings will not last forever. Nothing truly lasts that long. This is why I like the symbol that you see here on the screen. The symbol of the snake eating its own tail, known as Ouroboros. And for thousands of years, this symbol has been used to show what the physical form of forever might actually look like. Here you see the snake trying to eat its own tail, but never catching up to it. Thus, it will last forever unto forever, for all eternity, never ending. You know, forever, never ending, everlasting to everlasting. You and I know these words. We have heard them many times over. <coughs> but they've never been associated with man, with animals, or with the tw Twinkie pastry that seems to stay fresher than it rightly deserves to. You know, all joking aside, the only time forever is brought up and mentioned or repeated over and over again is only ever with God. God is the only one who will be from everlasting to everlasting. His word is the only thing that will outlive heaven and earth. His word is and remains forever. Which is what you and I hear when we hear the phrase, verbum domini manet in aeternum, which is Latin for the word of the Lord remains forever. And that's what's recorded in chapter 40 here by the prophet Isaiah. Now before we hop into chapter 40, we must understand that at the end of chapter 39, Isaiah speaks destruction, disaster upon Jerusalem, upon King Hezekiah. Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your sons who will come from you shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. The exile is coming. Everything is about to come crashing down. Everything that the house of the David has built up, the respect, the reputation, the wealth, the land, the strength, will come to an end as God allows a foreign kingdom to come and teach his people what they will be missing in exile. How they will be reminded of all the blessings they had, the safety, the security of it all, dashed to pieces, broken, stolen, just as they will be as well. And you know what Hezekiah has to say for himself? The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. <clears throat> for he thought, there will be peace and security in my days. Not a care in the world. Not worry about what destruction will await his kingdom, his people, his own descendants who will face the reality of that dark day. The king of Judah has truly forgotten about the Lord their God. And now, now they will witness firsthand that kingdoms truly do not last forever. And no wonder Isaiah records a comparison of flesh to that of grass. A voice says, cry. And, what should I, and I said, what shall I cry? 
All flesh is grass, and the beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. All flesh is grass. Talk about finite. It's interesting how in this one passage, you hear words of comfort, pardon, speak tenderly, a reminder that God is coming. And yet you hear how finite we creatures truly are. That we are fragile and delicate as the grass and the flower of the field. Both of their own beauty to be cherished. A sight that is to be whole, to be held by someone. Especially when you're sitting out in the open prairie and you're watching as the grasslands sway back and forth in that gentle breeze. What a wonderful sight to behold. And all the flowers therein. Truly beautiful. At least until winter comes and you're reminded that this beauty too comes to an end. And snow covers the land once more. And that's what you and I and all other human creatures are compared to. Finite like grass. And you and I should be compared finite to the nature of grass. For you and I are finite. We have an end. We are temporary. We are unreliable. We are dying. For this is the price of open rebellion against the will of God. Original sin has had grave consequences. It has brought universal death and is a reason for the declaration that all flesh is grass. We hear it in the very words of King Hezekiah and his lack of care. We hear about whenever we read the Scriptures and see just how the people of God truly act. Where they praise and curse God from the same lips. Where they welcome, adore, praise and honor Him. And the next moment, throw Him away like yesterday's newspaper. And the world today is honestly not that different. War rages between nations. People are spewing hatred over cultural differences, ideological differences, or whatever else you want to name it. It's as if this had been a continual spiral down. The staircase leading downward, that creation, keeps taking step by step. Even Luther writes, We leave nothing good in man, nothing but flesh and grass. And this world is chaotic. It's terrifying. And it too will not last forever. Even as creation continues down, this, down the staircase, going into this chaotic mess that it seems to love so much, something pulls at it. Something tugs to come back here, come back once more up the stairs. Hope. Hope is what we hear. As Isaiah writes, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Verbum domini manet in aeternum. When that phrase is uttered, something wonderful is at play. Isaiah is directing the attention away from the judgment, away from the chaos, the reminder of the coming exile. Here he is writing words that the people will hear again and again after the exile. Yes, man 
is fragile and temporary like, like the grass. And he takes the attention back to the opening of this chapter. He writes, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. These are the words of God. No one is making him say them. No one's forcing him to change his mind. He speaks freely of his own authority. It's nothing that Israel has done to deserve it. Or they have proven time and time again that they truly only deserve judgment, the wrath of God. But yet, God turns his anger away from his people. And instead of judgment, which should have followed, especially following the words of King Hezekiah, who said, oh, there will be peace and security in my days. <coughs> or simply saying, I don't have to worry about that. God speaks of comfort and hope for his people. Hope which they need to hear as they now live in exile. A reminder that their exile, their time out of the land, will truly come to an end. That they will come back to the land of their fathers. You know, the people of God may have forgotten about who He is, what He has done for them, but He has not forgotten about them. And you hear it. You hear it in these words. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert, the highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low, and the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God is coming to his people, just as promised. The word that he had spoken to them through his prophets has been the exact same time and time again. It has not changed. And we hear it once more now through the prophet Isaiah. You hear it clearly that the word of God endures forever. In spite of their unfaithfulness, God still loves his people, just as he has promised. Which is why we hear these words some 700 years later, spoken by John the Baptist, who heralded his own cousin, the Christ, who is the glory of the Lord revealed and come to shepherd the people of God, bringing them comfort, hope, and peace. What they truly need in this life and in the next. Does that not give you peace? Do you hear that our God has promised comfort to his people who are taken to exile? That he has not forgotten about them. That he has not ignored them. He has brought them back to the land of their fathers. He gave them renewed strength so they can lift up their voices and sing jubilee to their Lord, their God. And yes, it might have seemed that this promise was fulfilled finally when King Cyrus of Persia sent them back to their land or when they rebuilt the temple or when they finally had the word spoken once more or when they're back in their own land. You know, it may have seemed fulfilled then, 
but it was ultimately fulfilled in Christ. And we see that when God still sends his own shepherd to come and take care of them, to lift them up, to care for them, to lead them into a land, to tend to them when no one else would, who still cares for his people today. So let us go out. Let us go shout from the highest mountain. Be heralds of the good news. Cry out, behold your God. For God has come, revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior, who defeated the power of sin, death, and the devil, who faced what we could not face, who died so that we could live, giving us life eternal, no longer being finite like the grass and the flower of the field. He came promising just as he said he would. This is why this phrase, verbum domini manet in aeternum, means so much. For this was the same phrase that the reformers during the Reformation would sew onto their shirts, onto their sleeves. A reminder that in face of all the chaos, the hatred from the political powers to be over the Holy Roman Empire, that if they disappeared, the word of the Lord will still endure forever. And it still does. And we are reminded time and time again that the word of our God will last forever. So yes, this world will come to an end. This mortal flesh will come to pass and fade just like the grass and the flower of the field. And all the chaos of this world will come to an end. But what better comfort is there than to hear that the word of our God, in spite of it all, remains forever. There is no greater comfort than that. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.